Hey, Andy Elms here. Thanks for joining me again for The Spiritual Leader. Today, I want to talk about perspective, specifically kingdom perspective. With so much going on in the world around us today, it's vital that we as spiritual leaders see things, perceive things in a correct way. I hope that you're inspired and challenged by this short podcast today on having a kingdom perspective. I want to continue today speaking about perspective because perspective you see is a very key thing to us moving forwards um, understanding people's perspective about things that are happening is a very very valuable thing what is perspective let's start there perspective is viewpoint it's uh, a point of view it's having a point of view regarding something that's happening Every person has a perspective or a viewpoint of things going on around them and within them. Now, our perspective will form our beliefs and often determine our responses or what we do in response or our reactions regarding things that are happening. Now, when it comes to something as serious as racism and equality, there's no shortage of uh, different perspectives. And that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. I was thinking today concerning a couple of them that there would be a perspective of uh, those who, like Paula, have experienced racism. Um, And that's a very, very important perspective. But then you would also have the perspective of a person that hasn't experienced racism yet is really serious and sincere in their desire to learn and to understand. That, again, is a very, very real and valid uh, perspective. Um, But also you would have, like you've witnessed and uh, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen, a hundred other perspectives that can go from totally beautiful to downright ludicrous. But, you know, when we look at this subject of racism and equality and other subjects related to this very real issue, we need to understand that different people have different perspectives. And if we're going to communicate effectively to deal with this thing, then we need to be able to take a moment to understand that people have differing perspectives. Now, whenever we deal with anything in life, there's always a number of perspectives that people have. Um, You know, there's normally uh, one perspective concerning how somebody sees it here and another perspective of how somebody sees it here. And to me, one of the best examples of this would be a glass of water that's half full or is it half empty? And again, we've often used this example to speak about the optimist or the pessimist. But when we look at this glass of water today, some would say from their perspective that it's half full. Others would say from their perspective, no, it's not half full, it's half empty. But, you know, actually, there's a third perspective, and that perspective is it's never completely empty, it's just half filled with water and half filled with air. So there's always a number of perspectives to things that we have to do with our daily lives, and we need to understand that it's normal to have different perspectives. Your perspective is your viewpoint and it's determined by your view of what is happening. 
And again, it's amazing. You could go to a pond and you could stand at one part of the pond and see it one way, yet move around the pond to another viewpoint and see it another way. When we begin to lay a platform for honest conversations concerning things like racism and equality, we need to be ready to understand the different perspectives that people may have. Now, one of the other examples I've used, and here's a little experiment for you guys at home to get you moving in your homes today, is whenever I've spoken on perspective, I've used this example. If you get your finger, that finger, and lift it above your head and begin to move it around clockwise. Now, I'm just imagining everyone at home doing this. You're looking up and you're moving your finger around clockwise. Now, everybody going clockwise? I know this is difficult for some on a Sunday morning. Going clockwise? Excellent. Now, bring it down. Bring it down. Keep going clockwise. Now, look at the direction that your finger's going in from above. Some of you are like, is this witchcraft? No, it's perspective. You're saying, how does that happen? And I can imagine some of you at home now going up and going down, going up and going down. The reality is that your viewpoint from here is different to your viewpoint from here. And a viewpoint that's changed can change the perspective of someone, if that makes sense, change how we see certain things. Okay, as Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, we choose to seek and acknowledge another perspective, a third perspective, often beyond the individual ones that a person may have. Like I said, some person might say, one person may say that this glass is half empty, another person may say that it's half full. But a third opinion or perspective would be that it's, it's never empty, it's actually um, always full, half with water and half with air. I hope that makes sense. I'm trying to explain that sometimes there can be a third perspective. Now, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we seek um, to find and acknowledge uh, another perspective, a perspective that we can all agree with, a perspective that we all agree isn't just true, but totally true, and a perspective that can become the due north on the compass of our journey to understanding things correctly. Now, what is this third perspective, this true perspective, this, this right perspective? I believe it's kingdom perspective. Now, kingdom perspective, what do I mean by that? I mean the perspective of God and his word concerning things that we're seeing and witnessing and experiencing. Again, if we were to look at our finger, there would be a looking down experience to the motion of a finger, but also a looking up experience. And sometimes I think we live in the perspectives of our viewpoint, but we always need to, as followers of Jesus Christ, be ready to see what's happening from the perspective of the one who's looking down on us, the one who created us in his image, which is God. Now, to be honest with you, and uh, I want to be honest with you always, I stand for the perspective of God above all other perspectives. Now, that shouldn't shock you. In fact, I believe that you should expect that of me as a spiritual leader. That as a spiritual leader, 
you should expect of me to speak the perspective of God and his word into issues and situations that are happening in life. In fact, let me go as far as this, that the day I can't represent the perspective of God as a spiritual leader, I don't want to do it anymore. Because to me, his opinion or his perspective is the one that matters the most. Not that other perspectives or opinions don't matter, it's just that his perspective matters the most. I'm reminded of that account in Joshua 5, verse 13. Gina was sharing this in her Bible study on Monday, where it says that Joshua's about to go into the battle to take Jericho, and all of a sudden, (coughs) a type of Christ, uh, an angel of the Lord appears, and Joshua says to him, are you on their side? Or are you on our side? And the angel representing the Lord said, neither. I'm on God's side and you need to join me in what God's opinion or what God considers righteous in this moment is. I believe that that's relative for us all, isn't it? That we all have individual perspectives of things that are going on. And these perspectives form our beliefs and determine our responses But we've always got to be willing to lay our perspectives down to gain the perspective of heaven and the perspective of God concerning things that we face and we deal with. Now, a kingdom perspective is and will always be a true perspective. Why? Because it's the perspective of the creator, not the created. Again, someone may say, well, I'm not a Christian and uh, I don't believe I should um, take any heed to God's perspective. That's your right as a non-Christian. But as a Christian or a believer or a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to understand that the perspective of our creator God trumps every other perspective that we may have gained or grown up to know. You see, to me, identity is key to us having a conversation that includes and goes by the guidance of spiritual perspective. We will only choose kingdom perspective over other perspectives when we know who we are in Christ. Let me say that again because I believe that that's a very important point. We will only choose to lay down other perspectives and choose kingdom perspective when we know who we are now in Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? Well, firstly, number one, that we know that we're citizens of another kingdom. Come on, you've heard me for many years now teach concerning citizenship to the kingdom of God. But we don't believe that the kingdom of God is far, far away. We believe that it's here and it's now. We are in it and it is is in us and the kingdom of God now in us should be the voice that forms our perspectives not the voice of the perspectives of a world that doesn't acknowledge God as creator or Lord so when we begin to come from the platform or the common perspective that our lives are now in Christ we begin to acknowledge that our lives are now citizens of another kingdom. Paul put it this way, I am in the world, but I'm no longer of the world. What was the apostle Paul saying in that statement? He was recognizing that he was physically present in a natural world, 
but he was also declaring that what led his life or formed his perspective concerning what is right or wrong, what's righteous or just, came from another kingdom that wasn't far, far away, but indeed now in him as he was in it. You've heard me teach on the kingdom many times. If you haven't, you can go to talk in church and start in the one that says April the 7th, because I take four weeks to speak through the subject of our kingdom citizenship. And if you've never understood your kingdom citizenship here on earth, I really recommend you go into talking church and listen to the teachings that I did on that. Some of my favorite verses are found in Luke when Jesus says this statement, fear not little flock, it's the father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. You see, when we're born again, When we're born again, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and we're born again, God takes us from separation. Colossians 1.13 says he delivers us from the power of darkness or the grip of evil or the leadership or the rule and reign of the devil. And he brings us into the kingdom of the son of his love. We don't become citizens of his kingdom when we die and go to heaven. We become citizens of his kingdom when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour in our life. That's why I'm saying that when our identity is established with who we are now are in Christ, our perspective of things should be affected by the perspective or the teachings of God. But also we need to acknowledge that when we're in Christ, we've been made alive in our spirit to God. Before we're born again, we're dead in our spirit to God. We're living in the separation that Adam brought about through his disobedience. But when a person turns to Jesus and says, be my Lord and saviour, remember when we speak about kingdom, the best definition for kingdom is rule and reign. When we become born again, we bring our life out from under the rule and reign of the devil, who was our father in Adam, into the kingdom of God, we bring our lives under the rule and reign of God, of the king of the kingdom, Jesus Christ. Now, it's vital that we understand that when we're born again, we become alive in our spirit to God. Let's go over this with a couple of simple images today to help us understand better. (coughs) You've heard this taught many times, but when we speak of who we are as people, as humans, We understand that we're a body, but there's three parts to us. We're a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Now, I've heard that put many ways over the years that some prefer to say we we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. But whichever way you look at that today, we acknowledge three very real circles describing who we are. We are body, we're flesh. There's a skin suit to who we are. There's a soul to who we are. Now, what is our soul? It's our emotions. It's our will. It's what we love. It's what we hate. Our soul is very affected by the perspective of influence of the world we live in. But yet then the Bible reveals to us that we're also spirit. Now, what we need to understand is we find ourselves in the middle of these three circles, don't we? That we're body, we have an earth suit, we have a soul, which is our emotions, our loves, our hates, 
um, what determines a lot of our responses to things that are happening around us. But also the Bible declares over us we have a spirit. Not only we have a spirit, but we have a spirit that is no longer dead. It's now alive to God. Now, we need to understand this because this is vitally important if we want to have correct perspective concerning how we respond to things happening around us in a daily, everyday life. Now, what do I mean that we've come alive in spirit to God? What I mean is this. We are now able to hear God's perspective. We are able to now know. We're able to understand the thoughts of God when we couldn't understand the thoughts of God before. Before we became um, in Christ, before we gave our life to Jesus and acknowledged the lordship of Jesus in our lives, we were alive, yet we were dead. We were dead of spirit. We couldn't hear God. We couldn't be led by God. We couldn't understand the ways of God or the perspective of God. But that's not how it is now for someone that says they're a believer, that says they're born again or a follower of Jesus. The good news is, and I love good news, don't you? But we are now able to um, access the mind of God concerning things. Why? Because we're no longer body and soul, but we're body, soul and spirit. We now have a spirit within us that's alive to God, able to receive his mind and access his thoughts. Let's put that another way, access his perspective. Let me read to you um, today some verses that are very important when we um, speak about the natural, uh, the worldly, the spiritual, the heavenly that's within us now in Christ. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading in verse 9, where it says, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those that love him. That's a reference taken very much from the old um, covenant relationship with God. But then it carries on speaking to us, who are in a new covenant relationship with God, us who have been born again now of the spirit. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Listen now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Not only understand what God has freely given us, but understand what God thinks concerning uh, very real subjects that we have to address in our lives here on earth. Verse 13 This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom or perspective, but in words taught by the Holy Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the spirit does not and cannot accept 
Did you hear that? Let me read that again. The man without the Holy Spirit, the man who's not alive in their spirit to God, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is subject is not subject to any man's judgment. Now, here's the bit I want to underline today. For who has known the mind or the thoughts of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we now have the mind of Christ. That's a powerful verse of scripture there for those who are followers of Jesus Christ. We now have the mind of Christ. We now have access to understand God's perspective of things that are happening on the earth. And when his perspective doesn't agree with ours, we need to be ready to change or adapt ours to come into alignment with his. Now, as spiritual people, we are alive now in our spirit to God, like we've said we now have access to God's perspective. Isn't that exciting? That excites me today. I have access to the perspective of God. I have access to how God sees something. How? Through his word, number one, because God reveals his perspective in his word, but also through his spirit that is no longer outside of me, but inside of me, desiring to lead me in his ways. Now, let me just say here, you still have a soul and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with your soul. God designed for you to have a soul. God designed you to be triune in your existence. God designed you. It wasn't an evolution or a process that happened on its own. God designed you and me to have a body, to have a soul But he also designed for us to have a spirit that was alive to him, able to hear his voice, able to know his perspective, able to be led by him. Now, through Adam, that spirit became dead to the voice of God. But in Christ, it becomes alive and open again. But God doesn't remove (coughs) our soul. He doesn't take our soul away from us. But we need to make some very, very serious choices concerning what now leads our life and how we build perspective concerning issues that are very important, vitally important. Now, we have a choice. We can be led by the soul like we were before we uh, became born again and spiritually alive to God. Or we can choose to be led by God's spirit. Now, when we choose to be led by God's spirit, what we do is we say, my perspectives or my um, judgments or ways of thinking concerning things are no longer going to be influenced in my soul by the world. Rather, I'm going to be influenced in my spirit through the Holy Spirit. Now, again, let me just put this chart up for you because I've added these two things to the equation we're looking at. God made us triune. We are body, we are soul, we are spirit. We're in the middle of 
those three circles and all three of those things make up who we are. But we need to be careful now when we're forming our perspectives that cause our belief system and our responses that come from what we believe, that they're not built through influence to our soul from things that are happening in a natural world. (coughs) Rather now, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be influencing us in the spirit of who we are, where the mind of Christ is now accessible to us so that we can know God's opinions and perspectives concerning things. Now, in moments like this, where we are addressing real things, very real things like discrimination and equality, we need to, as followers of Jesus Christ, seek first kingdom perspective. Not that we can't have our own perspectives, I'm not saying that. But I do believe that the Bible says to us, seek first the perspective of God. See things from his perspective. Let the Holy Spirit teach you through his word and through his leading the things that God thinks concerning what's happening around us. Not that all other perspectives are wrong, It's just that his is always right. Let me say that again. I'm not saying that other perspectives are all wrong. I'm just saying that his perspective is always perfectly right. So the real question is, to this moment and this conversation we're having regarding things related to this very, very serious issue called racism and and uh, equality and discrimination what is God speaking what's God's perspective I believe that if we're going to have a conversation that can change things not for a moment but for good we need to agree to find God's perspective regarding the things that we discuss why because we're kingdom people now simple why do we choose to seek first God's perspective Because we are kingdom people now. We're not kingdom people when we die and go to heaven. We're kingdom people now. Sometimes we can forget that, can't we? I know I have. Even Monday this week, God had to remind me that I'm a kingdom person. I don't know about you, but over the process of the last few weeks, there was a heaviness that sat upon me when I looked around at the hatred and and just different people's responses and the fear and the hate. And I found myself praying this, and I wrote this in my journal, and I just want to be totally um, open and vulnerable with you today. I wrote this in my journal on Monday. Why do I sometimes, I was speaking to God, why do I sometimes to desire, Lord, why do I sometimes desire to be with you in your kingdom far away, where there is no racism, discrimination, hate, and such things? It's because I momentarily forget that your kingdom is now present here in me. That I am a citizen and a carrier of your kingdom. Lord, may my life embody your kingdom and my voice release the sound and the values and the wisdom of your kingdom. You see, God doesn't want us to think the kingdom is far, far away. 
But he wants us to remember that we, you and me, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we're carriers of another kingdom. And that kingdom needs to affect our perspectives, how we view things that are happening in the world we live. Can I be honest with you again? I hope that nobody gets offended by my honesty, but here's the heart behind this. This is what I personally believe. The true cure or the lasting cure for racism and equality is kingdom come. But when we look around at people's solutions, maybe people that don't know God, their solutions for ending racism. You know, often racism will end for a generation. It's never fully removed. Now, I believe the one thing that will cause racism to be no more is kingdom come. And by kingdom come, I don't mean Jesus Christ coming back. I mean us understanding who we are in Christ, understanding what the word of God teaches concerning us and discrimination and us choosing no matter what side of the argument we may find ourselves on, sorry, wrong word, what side of the discussion we may find ourselves on to choose kingdom perspective regarding who we are. Anybody ready for some more good news? We represent a kingdom where all are equal and there are no distinctions. Let me say that again. We represent, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're born again, you need to understand that you, you are a, um, a representative of a better kingdom. All are equal in God's kingdom. Now, I want you to do one more thing for me, and let's turn to the book of Colossians. I've lost my page, so allow me to flick there. Because we need to understand, like I said, we need to make the word of God and the thoughts of God our reality when it comes to anything in life, but also when it comes to understanding or having an open or honest conversation concerning racism and distinction. Let's look at what Paul taught. Now, I was wondering whether to share this or not, and then a dear brother in, in Portsmouth, Nacho, shared this last night on his Facebook, and that was a great confirmation to me. Because we need to build our identity of who we are on what the kingdom of God says we are. And I really believe today the perspective of the kingdom of God regarding the racism we see outside of us and, and the distinctions of people by where they're born or colour of skin are perspectives that belong to the kingdoms that we're in naturally. But we need to be responding from what God says is normal in the kingdom that he's now brought us into. And that's what I mean by having kingdom perspective. Let's open the Bible to Colossians chapter 3 and hear what Paul says. In verse 7, Paul teaches this, and I believe it's quite profound. He says, you used to walk in these ways. Whenever Paul teaches, he refers to uh, who we were and who we now are. You'll often hear Paul speak about one way of living, but then say, but now. And in the same way, that's what he's doing here. When he's speaking to the Colossians, he's saying concerning evil desires, greed, idolatry, in the previous verses, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things. 
anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Can we hear that today? But Paul is saying we used to live in the ways of rage and malice and slander and anger. But we're not those people anymore. We now belong to God. We are kingdom people and we want kingdom perspective concerning everything we need to consider and address in life. Then he says in verse 9, Do not lie to each other since you've taken off the old you with all of its practices. Come on, Paul's declaring for us again that wonderful announcement, we're not who we used to be. And then it says in verse 10, And we've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Now, this is the point I want to underline. Here, the kingdom of God, God's perspective of us, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and and is in all. Let me say that again. There is no longer Greek or Jew. Kingdom perspective says there's no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and in all. And then it encourages us to continue to bear with each other in how we live out our lives. Paul also highlights these thoughts in Galatians 3, 28, where he includes that there's no longer male or female to this list, where there's um, an announcement that says to us, the kingdom knows no distinction by what a person has experienced naturally. Listen, we all have to choose the perspective of what the Bible says of us over every other perspective we may have formed. But let's just go over these verses ever so quickly. What is Paul saying? He says, there's no longer Greek and Jew. What's that speaking of? Racial distinction. In those days, there was racial distinction between, between Greek and Jew. But what Paul is announcing, voicing the ways or the perspective of the kingdom, but God is saying it's not like that when you're in me and in my kingdom. Greek and Jew represents very much racial distinction of the time this was written. But then he says circumcised or uncircumcised. He's speaking there of religious distinction. He's speaking of those who were circumcised and those who are uncircumcised. And he's saying there's no longer any distinction because of your religious procedures or ceremonies. Then he says barbarian or Scythian. What does that represent? Cultural distinction. Because the barbarian and the Scythian had very, very different cultures, you see. Their cultures were very different and very opposed. And then it says in the final one that he mentions, there's no longer slave or free. We could compare that to social or economic distinction. Come on, can you hear the perspective of God regarding his family, the people that belong to him? Can you hear the perspective of God regarding our unity and the removal of distinction? That there is no distinction in his kingdom. There's no racial distinction. There's no religious distinction. There's no cultural distinction. And there's no social or economic distinction. We are all one in him. And he is in all of us. 
I've loved verses that I've seen on Facebook recently that have just mentioned time and time again, we placed one up ourselves last week, that there's one body made up of many parts. Listen, independent of race or religion that we came from or culture, we need to gather around. If we're going to change the world, which I believe is our mandate to do, we need to not join in with the perspectives of the kingdoms of this world, but rather represent the kingdom perspective of God, that God declares before any man ever said it, all men are equal. You see, all distinctions were outside of his kingdom. But what are we saying today? Come on, our lives in Christ are no longer outside of his kingdom. We are in his kingdom and his kingdom is now in us. So, May our understanding of who we now are in Christ, our understanding of being kingdom people, I've written here, may how we as God's people regard ourselves according to God's truth affect how we see ourselves and how we choose to regard others. I've purposed in my heart, like I said, to be a spiritual leader in this moment. And the day somebody says, I can't be a spiritual leader or I can't lead using the wisdom of God or the perspective of God, I don't want to lead anymore. I will stop doing what I'm doing. Because you see, I take my role as a spiritual leader very, very importantly. My heart is to please God, not please man. And my heart in all of these things that we're looking at and all the issues relating to them is not to gather around the perspectives of man, but to find the perspective of God. As we live out this kingdom consciousness, I believe that we can change the world around us. We can't change the world around us by removing God's perspective concerning what is true, what is pure and what is real. But when we choose to look at the kingdom within us to form what we believe is true, to govern the responses we choose to make, I believe that's when we become, like Jesus said it so well, salt in the world, colour in the world, You see, when Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, all he preached was his kingdom. He stepped into a natural kingdom in Israel and Jerusalem where there was much division. There was much racial distinction, religious distinction, cultural distinction, social and economic distinction. But what did Jesus say? He said, hey, here's the good news. There's another kingdom now here on earth, a new way of thinking. Not a new way order, a new world order, but an original world order. What was his invitation to Scythian or barbarian, Jew or Greek? Leave all those distinctions behind. Come into my kingdom, which knows no distinction. Live as a kingdom person. You know what? People came into his kingdom and became kingdom people. And it's those kingdom people we read about in the New Testament today that changed the natural world around them. Not that we don't address things, 
have conversations, very real conversations about things. But I'm just encouraging you today, church, family church, to seek first the kingdom of God, to have a heart that's open to what God's word is saying concerning the things we're discussing, to have a heart that's listening for the mind of Christ. Some of you are probably looking at the spirit level and wondering what's that got to do with anything he's preaching today. Some people have been waiting to see if a bubble was in the middle. As I was preparing for today, this was in my office. I must have been doing some building or something. And suddenly I saw something, and I hope you can see it too, that each side could represent um, a perspective. Well, I think this, and I think this. But actually, it's the bubble in the middle that reveals to us what's truly balanced and I'm purposing in my heart that I don't want to make decisions on important subjects like racism and discrimination and equality based on the individual endpoints of human perspective rather I want to seek first the kingdom of God I want to be balanced according to what God says is balanced I want the perspective of heaven guiding me through and helping me to lead our church through this powerful moment where things can really change if we're willing, enough of us, from whatever perspective you may have formerly been in, to gather on the common ground of finding out what God is saying concerning the things that we're journeying through. Finally, I want to close with this. It really comes down to whether we can have ears to hear, hearts that are ready to hear what God's saying, to listen to spiritual things in the spirit of who we are and not be driven or led by natural things that have affected the soul of who we are. I hope that makes sense, those three circles. I hope that really paints a picture of who you are. You see, until you have correct perception of who you are, you'll never have a correct um, perspective of things going on around you. And I just, my prayer for the church is that we would have um, a good depth of perception concerning who we are in Christ and who we are as kingdom people. And that perception based on truth would affect our perspective and the responses that we make in this world we're living. Now, this statement's been on my heart and I've taken it personally and I hope you will as well. It's the moment we've read about in in 1 Corinthians we read, didn't we? Of that moment in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 16 where he speaks about leading, being led by the Spirit. But then, as we cross into chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says something very, very profound. He came to the church in Corinth and he said this, I could not speak to you as spiritual because you're still so worldly. And that statement really stood in my heart. It's also referenced in other parts of the Bible where Paul came to places with the wisdom of God or the perspective of God concerning things, ready to share. You know, he reads on from that 
that, that verse and says, I brought you meat, but you were still on milk. But when I read that, I thought that fits so well. But Paul arrived to a group of believers and he said to them, I could not speak to you as spiritual because you're still worldly. How does that fit into our conversation today? You see, we can have a worldly perspective of things happening if we're allowing our perspectives to be formed by the soul of who we are, our emotions, our desires. Or we can have a spiritual perception when we say, Lord, would you lead me through this moment by being in charge of my soul? Lord, I don't want to be worldly in understanding this. Rather, I want to be spiritual. So moving forwards, this is an important conversation we've had today. But we've got to lay a common ground that we can meet to discuss things that need to be discussed. When I said last week that we're going to not be in a hurry talking about certain issues related to what we're experiencing, I suddenly went home and I said, I don't want us to have debates of men's perspectives. Rather, I want us all to go on a journey with our perspectives of finding out what God's perspective, that we would have the spirit level, the bubble correct in the spirit level of who we are. So as we're moving forwards, we're going to have very, very, very real conversations concerning things like repentance. What is repentance and what is justice? What is biblical justice? What is uh, biblical authority and understanding of authority as the word teaches it? But like I said, to me, I'm not coming from here and I'm not coming from here. And I ask you to do the same. I ask you to join me in a heart that simply says, no, <clears throat> I'm going to seek first the kingdom regarding these things. I want to know what God thinks. I want his thoughts to form my perspective. And I want my responses to be true to how the Bible says I should be responding regarding me and regarding how I respond with others. So we seek first the perspective of God. Don't you love that verse in Matthew 6 when Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom. But he didn't end there, did he? He said, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. You see, true righteousness isn't found in the courts of the natural world. It's found in the courts of heaven. When we speak about righteousness, there's many forms or expressions of righteousness in the world that we live in and the things we see around us. But God says that we're to seek first his righteousness. What's righteousness? The right way of handling things, the right way of seeing things. Join me, because this is my journey too, on a pursuit to seek first the kingdom of God and what God considers to be right, his perspective regarding these very, very real things that we need to talk about. Join me in having a kingdom perspective. Like I said, it's okay for us to have our own ones, but it's really not going to change the world. What's going to change the world is when enough of us gain a hunger and a desire 
to put God's thoughts and God's thinking over and above our own. Lord, help us to understand. Lord, help us to know how we as kingdom people are meant to respond to the things that are happening around us. Lord, we don't want to respond in the way that we used to respond before we knew you, but we want our lives to be representatives of a kingdom that's not far, far away, but here on earth, living in your people. Hi, I hope you enjoyed the thoughts I shared today on Kingdom Perspective. It's an interesting subject and something that's vitally important that we get right, that we see things as God would have us to see them. Join me next time where we look at another key subject in the spiritual leader.